As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She's a fashion blogger, model, and entrepreneur. She's amazing. The latest tips on fashion, beauty, wellness, travel, and her lifestyle. And now, here's the founder and creator of Not Basic Blonde, Olasha. Hi loves, welcome back to another episode of Not Basic Blonde Podcast. I have very interesting guest today. He's a fashion icon. His name is Mickey Boardman and he's the one who created legendary Kim Kardashian photo shoot. So in this episode, Mickey is sharing his story and how he started his career in fashion. We are also discussing how Kim Kardashian's photo shoot and image has been created. What was the idea behind it and who would be the next viral star. We also will be discussing that as well. And the future of fashion, favorite fashion trends of 2021, the future of fashion industry, and the biggest challenges of being the famous editorial director, and so much more. But before we dive in, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Hi, Miki. I'm so glad to have you on my podcast. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me. I am wonderful. Thank you for being my guest and you being such a legend in fashion world. Oh, please. <laughs> we would Thank love to learn. Yeah, Come we in. would love to learn about you and what you do, how you became so famous and popular. Well, I'm the um, right now I'm an editor at large at Paper. For many years, I was the editorial director. And, um, you know, I started a paper in 1992, probably before you were born, as an intern. And at the time I, you know, I had gone to college. I have a BA in Spanish from Purdue, which is in Indiana. And then I moved to New York um, to study fashion design at Parsons. And while I was there, we were supposed to do an internship. Um, and so I applied to be an intern at Paper, which was my favorite magazine. And I kind of really didn't know anything about what it meant to put together a magazine. I loved magazines and I always have from the time I was a child. I would hang out at the magazine stand or you know, at the supermarket in the magazine section and just kind of look through them for hours. 
Um, but anyway, but I loved paper and some, I met someone, I, um, I knew someone socially who was the managing editor who said, we're always looking for interns. So I thought, okay. So I went in and they hired me and I loved it immediately. And at the time I was studying fashion design and I knew pretty quickly that I, ha I had a good time on a certain level, but I knew that I wasn't meant to be a fashion designer, even though I love clothes and, and everything, but I'm just not, I don't have this talents to be a designer per se. But so would, things weren't going so great at Parsons, but then at paper, I felt totally at home. I loved the people, they loved me. And I always feel like nothing, nothing helps you work hard and achieve more than people celebrating you and accepting you and encouraging you. You know, that encouragement really goes a long way, I find. And there's so little of it around, it seems like. You know, so that's why I always try to, if I think someone's doing a great job, I always try to tell them and try to encourage them and, you know, to kind of follow their heart and to work hard and, and um, create the life they want. So anyway, so um, I ended up in my last year, my fourth year of Parsons, I ended up um, failing a class so I couldn't finish. So at the same time, somebody quit at paper and they asked, they hired me temporarily to answer the phones, you know, they said, you know, since Maggie quit, um, she's the woman who answered the phones, was the office manager, the assistant to the founders, the photo editor, the party photographer, the clubber. She did a million jobs and was amazing. And um, she, since she left, they said, you know, we don't really know what to do. Can we, can you just answer the phones and run the office in the meet until we figure out what to do? And that was in 1992. And so I'm still there. Wow, very interesting story. Yeah. How it all worked out for you. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I always say to people, you know, there a lot of some people are against internships and I do I think internships do need to be paid, but at the same time, to me being an intern, I was an intern for like seven or eight months and it was sort of like a blind date where they could they fell in love with me and I fell in love with them. You know, because when you're applying for a job, sometimes it's hard to sort of in that 15 minute 15 minute bit of time to really express who you are and to show your magic. So to me, that's why I love internships. And I always say that to me, the first, the most important step in getting the draw, the job of your dreams is to figure out what, where that is, like, what's the place that you would be so ecstatic and happy to be, and then figure out a way to get in there. Now, for example, if you love jewelry and it's to be at Tiffany or Cartier, you know, that's where you should go. And, you know, being a paper, I loved paper so much that I didn't care what I did just to be in the room where paper was created or to be involved in it at all. I was thrilled, you know what I mean? So and I'm still thrilled to be part of it. So, and, you know, that really helps you get through the tough times and the, you know, the, um, you know, the reality of stuff, which is hard work and, and all that. But if you really love the place that you're at, it, it makes things a lot easier and I think makes you happier in a much deeper way. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. And as you mentioned, you love magazines and everything about it. I've done modeling since I was 13. So I'm like the same way about magazines, photo shoots and all that. <laughs> well, Olya, tell me, since you started when you were 13, there's always this talk of people saying how like, do you feel like you missed out on your regular childhood or do you feel like it was a wonderful thing that you started doing that when you were so young? So I did start it young, but my parents were kind of like, you can't do it full time. You need education, you need real jobs. So 
I didn't do it full time till I actually kind of finished college and like past, I guess, four years when I started my blog, I kind of started doing it full, full time before it was just like part time because I also have career in project management and IT project management besides, you know, doing modeling and all that. So I went to school, I had to go to university and finish that and concentrate on that. And I didn't spend as much time modeling, but still I went to modeling school when I was 13. I've done so much. I've done fashion weeks and all that. So, <laughs> so you're happy that you started that young? I am, but I'm kind of like not really happy about the fact that I didn't pursue it full, full time at yeah. that time, but I still can do what I want to do even now, because now it's like in social media world, they don't even use models mostly you know for like they don't have to go to modeling agency to get someone for commercial or something they can just use bloggers or yeah. whatever so now it's easier than it used to be that's great yeah i yeah. love it <laughs> thank you and you're also known for the legendary that photo shoot that blew up the internet it went viral like the kim kardashian famous photo how did you come up with that idea and like, I'm just straightening my little things are looking crooked. I seeing on the, on the <laughs> <screen>. <laughs> and um, well, how the, was the process, the break the internet process. Well, you know, at the time, um, what there's a, we had a new editor in chief who was Drew Elliott, who at the time who had started as a, like me had started as an intern when he was 19. He was my assistant for, I think like one or two days. And then he got it, got promoted immediately because he was such a star. And um, he had left paper and our 30th anniversary was coming up, which was in 2014. So in like towards the end of 2013, the founders, Kim and David and I were talking and we're saying, you know, next year's our 30th anniversary. It would be really amazing to do a lot of special stuff for the 30th anniversary. Um, but you know, when you're busy with the every day of doing, putting out a magazine, doing a website, doing all the things that we were doing, it's sort of hard to focus on that in addition to everything else that you're doing. So we said, it would be great to get somebody whose only focus really was to work on the anniversary. And Drew had, as I said, left and moved to Los Angeles and started a whole new life there. But I knew that he wanted to come back to New York. So I said to Kim and David, well, you know, Drew maybe would be perfect because he had worked at paper for I think over 10 years at that point. And um, he really knew paper and really understood paper in a way that I do, that Kim and Dave, that, you know, was real. He really, it was really a part of him and he was a part of it. So anyway, so he ended up coming back. He said that he would love to work on the anniversary, but he also kind of wanted to give the whole magazine a makeover and kind of take over things. So Kim and David said, okay. And he kind of was, we were giving the whole magazine a makeover basically then led by Drew. So we put together a deck kind of with our idea of what we wanted the September 30th anniversary to be, which would be the debut of this new look. And we prepared it to show Kim, who was um, you know, the co-founder and who always was always in charge of everything fashion, everything visual, so all the imagery and stuff like that. David was on the other hand was in charge of the words and, and some other things. But um, you know, so for visually speaking, Kim was the person. So anyway, so we put it all together and Drew wanted to have Kim Kardashian on the cover for that issue because he thought rightfully that she was the biggest star in the world at the time. And we had shot her before that with her sister, Chloe, and she was a dream to work with. So 
we, you know, again, we put together all these stories and um, showed it all to Kim and, she, you know, hoping she would like it. And she said she loved everything, but she didn't think Kim Kardashian should be on the cover because even though she loved Kim Kardashian and she loved the show, she's an addict, you know, she's addict, was always addicted to keeping up with the Kardashians. She just said that since, you know, she just felt that the anniversary cover should um, have someone on the cover who was associated with the history of paper, whereas Kim was maybe more, Kardashian was more the future of paper. Anyway, so Drew and I went outside and Drew smoked at the time. He no longer smokes. And I think nobody should smoke because it's bad for your health. But anyway, he would, we would, he would go out for smoke breaks and that was always a good time to get his attention if you wanted to have a little meeting because he was focused. So we went downstairs and we had already actually talked to Kim Kardashian and she wanted to do the cover. So we were like, oh gosh, what are we gonna do? So Drew said to me, God, you know, if we have Kim Kardashian on the cover, it'll break the internet. And I said, break the internet, that's such a funny expression. I said, well, why don't we do like a separate issue and just have it be all about breaking the internet? Because really at that point, that's what everybody was trying to do with every issue. Like you want to break the internet always. You want every story to go viral and be amazing and have people talk about it and, and stuff. So um, we went back upstairs after Drew finished smoking and said to Kim, okay, what about doing a break the internet issue and having Kim Kardashian on the coverage that I love that she's perfect for that. That's the best, that's the perfect project to work on with her. So then we, you know, did that um, and John Paul Good shot it. And we, from there sort of built around the whole issue, we sort of thought, what are things that the internet will go crazy for? Which, you know, now print magazines really reflect the internet a lot more than they did at the time. In 2014, there were people who were huge stars in real life, like Nicole Kidman, but who didn't exist on the internet, who were not on social media, who people, who young people who were on their phones all the time didn't even know about or care about. And then there were people on the internet like Cameron Dallas, who now is much more famous in real life, who were huge stars on the internet that kids were crazy about, but who like my parents had never heard of, like people who were not internet people didn't know about. So um, we sort of made the whole issue all about that. And John Paul did an incredible job. Kim K was amazing to work with. Super cooperative, super, like she really gets it. And it's, she's a dream subject because she will go there. You know, she will, she knows the difference between an amazing shoot and a shoot that's not so great. And she knows the power of the internet. So that's why she was the perfect person to collaborate with on that shoot. And it really was sort of the biggest thing we had ever done and may probably that we ever will do. And it'll probably be on all of our, her tombstone, my tombstone, Drew's tombstone, John Paul Goods. Um, but it, it was amazing. So it's sort of, um, yeah. So I, I have nothing but fond memories of it. And that's how it all came about. That's amazing. But how did you guys come up with the idea for photo shoot, like the scene and the whole problem? Well, you know, we talked to John Paul and we just said to him, you know, he, he of course knew who Kim was and thought she was super interesting. And so we said to him, what would you like to do? And he had the idea of doing the champagne, which is something he had done. That was sort of a classic thing he had done in the seventies with this model named Carolina. Everybody thinks it was Grace Jones, but it was not Grace Jones. It was this model Carolina. I think Beaumont was her last name. And um, so then he also had the idea once she, we did, he, she, we did the champagne. He sort of thought, well, maybe she could do sort of a little strip tease with this black sequin dress that was made for her at the shoot. And she was super into it. So that was really kind of 
kind of how it happened. So really, John, for in terms of the the shoot itself, John Paul really deserves all the credit. Wow, that was amazing shoot, definitely. It was, and it was it was interesting to have him do it also because a few um, fashion legends I remember told me that when they first saw the cover, they thought, who who do they think they are ripping off John Paul Good, this, you know, this classic cover. And then they saw that it was John Paul who shot it. And they thought that was brilliant because it really kind of brought him, he's a legend and was always famous, but it kind of brought him to a new generation uh, and to the internet. And it's, you know, that kind of combination of somebody who's so huge on the internet and someone who's so huge old school and, you know, and is an OG to bring them together. It really was, was magic. Yeah, so true. Who do you think would be the next viral star? You know, it's really a good question because we're trying to we think of that all the time. I mean, people who we've also shot who went super viral, who I love, who I think are always great. You know, there's that sort of handful, mostly of women, who I think can really break the internet. Nicki Minaj, we've done amazing stuff with. Christina Aguilera, we did a cover with that basically, that was not a break the internet cover, but when we gave her the make under and had her with no makeup, that was almost as big as the Kim K thing for us. Miley Cyrus, Taylor Swift, I think could break the internet more than anyone in a way, but she very often, she doesn't, you know, go as wild as she could. Like if she really did a total makeover look or shot was shot in a way that she's never, never been seen, to me, that would be an amazing way to break the internet. We did Amanda Bynes for a break the internet cover. And that was amazing because that was kind of the opposite of the Kim K in that, we just shot her like an ordinary girl because she had had all this, she'd been all over the press and about her mental health issues and sort of um, been treated very unfairly. So what we did was sort of shoot her pretty as a simple, pretty nice girl, which is what she is and was a pretty young woman and a nice young woman and had her tell her story. So I think that you can break the internet, breaking the internet doesn't have to be nude. It doesn't have to be scandalous. It doesn't have to be tabloid. It could also be, a serious story when someone is really kind of telling um, what's gone on with their life or talking about things they normally don't talk about or being seen in a way that they've never been seen. I think Ariana Grande could be great for that. I think, um, yeah, I think a lot of those people could be great. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I love yeah. how you said so it doesn't have to be okay. like, you know, nude or anything, but it, it can be just great story. Who would you like to see? Who would you um, love to see? break the internet <laughs> I don't know I think myself <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to say that <laughs> because I have a few projects in in works yeah that's great I, yeah, I have a story um how I came to U.S. and how I built everything so that was kind of a story that not everyone has <laughs> yeah no it's true that's a great that's a great story so yeah I think with the right thing too it's also in a way you could break the, as we've seen, especially from memes, like look at the Bernie Sanders meme of him at the inauguration with the mittens on. That ruled the internet for, I think like a week, which in internet time is a lifetime. You know what I mean? If something is viral for a day, that's incredible. But you know, the Bernie meme and some of these Ted Cruz memes have really had life. So, I mean, I think in a way you don't even necessarily need the famous person but you just need the creativity and you can break the internet that way also yeah yeah I absolutely agree with you and you being in the fashion industry what do you think of the future of fashion weeks well that's a very good question you know I'm of two minds I think that in the end I think the pandemic 
will be a good thing for Fashion Week. I know that sounds crazy because it's been such a disruptive thing, it's been so terrible in so many ways in terms of people dying and um, businesses going on, going under and all kinds of terrible disruptive things. But it sort of forced the fashion world, I think, to sort of take a look at how we do things. And everybody thinks because the fashion world is dominated by women and um, gay men that it's very progressive, but really it's still straight white men who are in control of the money and it's not particularly progressive. In fashion, we do things, we have fashion weeks because that's what the four main cities have always done, New York, Paris, Milan, and London. And then every other city wants to be like them. They think they have to be like in order for them to make an impression in the fashion world, they think they have to do that. They think they have to do in-person shows. They think they have to, they think they have to, you know, show at a certain time, have the stuff in the department stores, not do direct consumer, they all these things. And I think now because of the pandemic, brands are thinking, okay, well, what what's really going to work for my brand? Spending a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars on a fashion show is not necessarily a good investment for me. Although I will say a lot of the big brands, their biggest moment, virally speaking, is the show, because that's when they get so many impre media impressions, so much, so many likes, so many shares, so many everything that you want, you know, on your social media. So there's that complication to it too. But, you know, I think that all these brands are going to have to, as I said, think about what is best for them. Like is direct to consumer better instead of department stores? Because department stores are certainly in trouble. And, um, you know, I, so I think that's a good thing in the end. And I think that nothing will ever take the place of an amazing fashion show for glamour, for image, for um, fun, you know what I mean? And I love going, I love going to fashion weeks, whether, you know, I've been to all the, the four main ones I've said before, but I've also been to Copenhagen, I've been to Belgrade, I've been to Bombay, I've been to a lot of great fashion weeks and I would love to go to more. Um, but I think that brands need to focus more and think about, okay, what's great for them? What's the, how can they get the most bang for their buck? And, you know, I think that a few people have done really great virtual things. I think a lot of people have not done great virtual things. They've just done the normal fashion show with like somebody holding a camera in front of it. And I think that's not the way to do it. But um, I think that there will be more variety in the future. And um, I think that's good. I agree. And also, like, the thing always is so questionable for me. Okay, like, Europe sets up trends, like, mostly, you know, it's known for for it. And New York is always, like, the biggest fashion shows are always happening in New York. And it's like, you know. <laughs> well, you know, the thing is, each of those cities are amazing. Like, New York has amazing energy. And I wouldn't say, like, to compare, like, you don't see something like Comme de Garçon in New York, although people wear Comme de Garçon in New York. But, you know, you don't see, you know, there are things in, like London has an amazing, um, has amazing design school. So there are always amazing, fresh, new talents. Plus there's the, the history of Savile Row and tailoring and just quality um, manufacturing. Paris, of course, is Paris, one of the most creative romantic places in the world. Italy also is like, they have the craftsmanship and the artisanal know-how to be able to just make beautiful, beautiful things. And they have, you know, they're such a sharp, um, sexy Italian style. So I think each of those cities has something to offer, but also Moscow does. And like I said, Mumbai and Sao Paulo, you know, there are cities around the world that 
have wonderful things to offer. And the thing that is, you know, why I think there will always be some kind of fashion week is because, you know, New York, the best thing about New York Fashion Week is New York. I mean, it's the energy on the street. It's riding, whether you're riding the subway or in a car, it's sort of seeing what the people are wearing on the streets and going to the nightclubs afterward, uh, you know, and to the parties afterwards. So that's kind of, it's sort of a whole story. It's not just, you look at the pictures from the fashion show and you can get the whole, the whole idea of what New York is about. You kind of need to do all those different things. I agree. Last time I went to New York Fashion Week was last year in February, but I missed it like this year in February and of course in the fall, but yeah. hopefully soon we can get I have, I'm going um, on Thursday at Christian Siriano is doing a little in-person show and I went to Jason Wu, um, did a little thing, but um, and it's trust me, it's so nice to see the publicists and the photographers and the guards, you know, the people who we're used to seeing five times a day, every day, like every, you know, for a week, every fashion week. So it's, it's nice to see those people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I think we'll be back there again at some point, but I think again, that it'll be pe people are rethinking it and trying to figure out what the best way to do it is in the future. Yeah. So true. What are your favorite trends of spring 2021? You know, that's an interesting question, Olya, because I always like the same thing, you know, so whenever people ask me, what do you, what trends do you like? I like bright colors. Hello. I like sparkle. I love, you know, so I'm not really, I'm kind of looking for things I like, not, not, and not necessarily, okay, well, today it's all about, you know, tool or today it's all about um, long skirts or short skirts. Um, but a trend that I do love that I'm seeing is a lot more recognition and support for black designers, for designers of color, for young designers. You know, some of the most exciting brands around, I think are, you know, Aliette by Jason Rembert, Christopher John Rogers, um, and many, 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 many more. Um, Palomo Spain, I think is really incredible from Spain. And so it's interesting to see those brands getting the support and recognition because I think of, because of the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests that happened over the summer that people are much more aware of the need for diversity and I think that's great at seeing black photographers shooting people shooting covers of fashion magazines for the first time is really great I mean we still have a way to go but um I think that that's all really great so that's the trend that I'm very into and I, I'm hoping it's not a trend I hope it's a change that's going to be with us here permanently yeah I hope so too and I'm the same way as you are like I love rhinestones so like bright colors I love certain things that I always like and I mean they're always in but the funny thing is like I'm originally I was born in Ukraine but I'm Russian and their fashion was so much more advanced than here I mean here finally they got rhinestones silver and gold before when yeah. I came to the U.S. and I was wearing something silver or gold people were looking at me like crazy <laughs> you know what when we're we're ahead of the curve oh yeah so we have to sometimes get stared at in a good way and sometimes stared at in a bad way but no I definitely like that part I love I love Russia I love Ukraine and yeah there definitely is an appreciation there for that kind of fashion and I think that's great and I love that also for daytime and you know for me um if you don't have if you know the the, the biggest insult to me is if something is boring and to me rhinestones are never boring rhinestones are great always for daytime for evening Swarovski crystal are always great and um yeah so there we go i absolutely agree with you yeah and being in fashion industry and being very famous editorial director what are the biggest challenges you have to go through well i think that 
the big challenges, you know, now COVID is a challenge, of course, because um, even to do a photo shoot is much more complicated. Everyone has to be tested. People, everyone has to wear masks. You have to, you can only have a certain amount of people. So it may, that makes things a little more complicated. Um, and um, also I think for me, you know, we deal with a lot of celebrities. It's not just fashion. I love models, yourself included, because models, I think in general are, are very easy to work with. Meaning they're used to someone saying, okay, here's the dress and they wear it. You know what I mean? Whereas when you're dealing with celebrities, sometimes they don't want to wear what you want them to wear. Sometimes they, you know, they're, they have their own agenda going, which is to promote their own sort of image, which doesn't always go in with the magazine. So it's kind of dealing with all these creative people, the photographers, the stylists, the models, the celebrities, the agents, the publicists, and some, everyone has kind of their own things they want to get done. So that can be hard to juggle sometimes. And um, even just the schedules, because, you know, you have to, to get times when everyone is available. I know it sounds very boring, but I mean, to me, that's sort of the reality. And I think if you having done photo shoots, you know, that can sometimes be the issue. It's a lot of sometimes more than just to be able to get everybody in the room together is the biggest challenge. And then once you're all there, it's fine. But um, so to me, that's the challenge. And um, also, you know, the thing is, paper, when paper started, magazines were super important in that, you know, if a celebrity had a movie coming out or a book coming out or a record coming out, they wanted press. And so they needed magazines. And now if Beyonce, like Taylor Swift has, how many records has she released in COVID? Two or three, I don't even know at this point. She can just release a record on her own and announce it on Instagram, do a shoot and put it on Instagram. So in a way she doesn't need magazines the way she used to. So that's a challenge also, you know, so we at magazines have to be creative and come up with ways to give the celebrities something that they can't get on their own. So, and it's doable and we do it. So, but that to me is a, something that's changed in the years that I've been working and that's a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. And you know, like it goes so much work behind one little picture in magazine it's like yeah. so many people so much work so much planning yeah. it's all something, something i find also that's a challenge is often it takes you sort of half a day to just get to the point to really get rolling you know to get to hair and makeup that everyone feels comfortable with and then you you know you've spent 75 of the time just getting to where you're starting do you know what i mean so that also is a challenge so um um yeah, kind of being able, having to squeeze the creative process into a smaller amount of time is, is often a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Where do you get your fashion inspiration from? Because you are so stylish in as oh, you can see, your apartment you. too. Thank you. Well, you know, I, again, like, as, like you, I like bright colors. I love, I get my inspiration from people and from traveling actually. And I have to say to me, you know, when I, to me, a vac I, to, when I say I want to go on vacation, I mean, I want to go to Kiev and see the kids. You know what I mean? I don't want to necessarily go to the beach and just lay at the beach. I love the beach, but I like big cities filled with people to see how people dress, to see what the stores are like, what the art is like. And, you know, all those things inspire me. So being around people who are super creative and have great ideas stimulates my ideas and stimulates me to think of new ways to do things here at paper and in my life. So um, I think that's one thing I think you really need to travel. And I feel like 
in America, a lot of people I know who I grew up with outside Chicago, they have no interest in going anywhere. I mean, maybe to the beach, you know what I mean? But they don't want to see the world. They don't want to see how other people, they don't like find it interesting to see how other cultures live. They just are happy with what they've got. And I'm happy with what I've got. I love America, but at the same time, I appreciate, I've never appreciate New York more than when I'm coming back from Africa or from India or from um, Europe. You know, it re- I think it makes you love your own life more when you see how other people live and can enjoy those things and share those things. So uh, that really stimulates me a lot. So true. Travel always gives me inspiration too. It's like new way for me. Like, you know, I go on, on a trip and I come back like new person with new ideas. <laughs> And, you know, even if you just see, like, again, like seeing, going to India and just seeing the colors there, I mean, they put the crazy, like, nobody wears black. And I, I, I sometimes wear black in India and people are like, what the hell, like, what are you wearing? You know, because they wear like hot pink and blue and yellow all kind of mixed together. And that kind of really freshens up your eye for color. And again, like going to Ukraine, for example, and Russia, you know, and seeing women who are dressed very sexy. You know, because you also then go other places where the women do not dress sexy. So, you know, when you see people dressed in sort of Versace style, that gets you thinking in a whole new way. Whereas if you're, you know, again, like I said earlier, like if you're seeing people wear Comme de Garçon or Rick Owens or those kinds of brands, that also gets you thinking in a whole other kind of way too. So, and they're all great. And it really is fun to mix all those different things up. Yeah. You know, what's funny thing about Ukraine and Russia, they have to, like, we had to dress bright and sexy because it was so much competition. There was not enough men in the country. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> that explains a lot. Yeah. So that's yeah. fascinating. Mm-hmm. And I was disappointed lately when I went to Ukraine, like two years ago, because they trying to match our style. Like they trying to be street style, casual, like, you know, oh, like oh. You know, baggy clothes, I- big snickers. And I was like, come on, guys, you have such a great style always. And now you're trying to like casually. I hate, I hate that. Also, when I go to India and in Bombay, a lot of the people also do like wear T-shirts and jeans, sort of an American style. And it's like, that's so boring. <laughs> I mean, you know, the same like you were saying, it's like if you can be sexy. I love to see when people put an effort into their look. And there are ways to wear jeans and T-shirts. Like if you, some skaters like really do it really go there you know what I mean and really put a fun look together with their jeans and t-shirts and things but I, I nothing gets me more excited than a person who's excited about what they're wearing and to me if you don't aren't excited about what you're wearing why are you wearing it like go home and start over put on something that you feel really excited and happy about I don't oh. want I don't care about being comfortable and like sweatpants and all those kinds of things I feel like it's not good it's not not me inspiring. Too. I don't even have sweatpants yoga pants was like the most thing that I moved to like you know transition to because before I was always kind of dressy <laughs> yeah well in my see in America when I see like people on the street wearing their exercise clothes it's one thing if you're coming going to or from the gym but I mean there are women who wear their exercise clothes like that's their outfit for the day and it's like that to me is not great that's not good <laughs> yeah I absolutely agree with you and What advice would you give someone who wants to have a career in fashion? I think you have to really love, love, love it because it's really hard. And it's really, um, you know, it's especially if you want to work at magazines and fashion brands. Right now, it's such a crazy time that it's, 
hard to get in, get started, but it's also because it's a crazy time, it's also a great time to get started. You know what I mean? Because sort of anything can happen, but you know, you have to um, be prepared for rejection and be prepared for hard work and be prepared for uh, maybe not to make, not to get rich the way you would if you worked in the stock market or had a hedge fund. But if you really love fashion and looking at fashion and putting outfits together and being involved in that creative process, it's great. So I would, again, as I said earlier, try to do an internship or just try to get in any way you can to a place that's very, that's, that's your dream. If Balenciaga is your dream fantasy, you think about Balenciaga all day, maybe try to get a job answering the phones, delivering the mail, do anything that you can do to get involved in Balenciaga or work at a fat, like work at a store selling clothes. That could be a way to get in. Just get involved, get in any way you can. Again, or like assisting a photographer, hair and makeup stylist. It, it's definitely, it's definitely doable, but um, you just have to really be prepared to work hard and um, you know, you need to love it. You really do need to love it. Yeah. Love this advice. The best. <laughs> And where can all listeners find you? Your social handles, your Instagram? Ask Mr. Mickey is my Instagram, my Twitter, my TikTok. I've only, I only look at TikTok. I haven't posted any, but maybe I, maybe that's my new project I need to do is to start putting up some TikTok. But um, yeah, so ask Mr. Mickey and I'm on Facebook and I'm on Clubhouse, which has been fun. And uh, yeah, and I love it. Yeah, so people should reach out to me and say hello or romantically or business-wise, just be sure to tell me which it is. When you're reaching. <laughs> <laughs> right. Attractive men can apply, but I'll, you know, but um, yeah, no, I, I love meeting people on social media. I've met many new friends, many collaborators, many romantic dates and stuff. So it's all, I love it. <laughs> nice. That's fun. Thank you so much, Miki. It was such a lovely conversation. I enjoyed it. Thank you for having me. I can't wait to um, hear it. And I hope that you enjoyed it as well oh yeah i enjoyed it thank you that was all for today guys i hope you really enjoyed this episode as much as i did not basic blonde podcast is available on all the major platforms with new episodes every tuesday and thursday to support the show tag nbb podcast on your instagram stories and check out more behind the scenes on instagram as well at not basic blonde underscore or nbb podcast and if you haven't Subscribe, rate, and review Not Basic Blonde Podcast on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great day. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.